As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. The Great Galveston Hurricane in 1900 is still the deadliest and most devastating storm that our country has ever experienced. It lasted nearly three weeks. It caused, I mean, the damage was overwhelming. It caused in that day $35 million worth of damage. Today, it would be like $1.2 billion. It claimed the lives, it caused injury. It was a category four storm with winds of over 155 miles an hour. Again, it was nearly three weeks. But there was this guy, more than a guy, he was a meteorologist, and his name was Isaac Klein. And young guy, kind of reading the maps, and he actually predicted that it was coming long before. But unfortunately, nobody believed him. They didn't take any precautions. They didn't board up all the windows, and they didn't necessarily evacuate everybody out of town. And so the next thing you know, that over 12,000 lives were lost as a result of this hurricane. And so if you add up every life lost in every hurricane since, they say it still doesn't reach the total of the number of dead and the number of hurt as a result of what happened here. He even, I can't even believe this, He lost his wife, Cora. She died in the storm. And she was pregnant with their unborn baby. If they would have listened. I'm not saying that it would have prevented everything from happening and all the devastation, but certainly some lives may have been saved. That's what I want to talk to you about. And what I want to talk to you about is the warning signs, the signals, the danger that that can happen, spiritually speaking, if we don't take things into account, if we don't listen, if we don't take a look at what is happening around us. And so go ahead and grab your limitless guides, turn to page 34, These are the books that we've been handing out, and I hope you have one in front of you. They've got the scriptures, they've got the notes, they've got everything you need for this journey. We've been walking through the book of Joshua, and we've been studying faith, and we've been talking about the characteristics of a growing faith. And so today, the title of the message is Purified Faith. And so I gotta warn you at the beginning, I want to give five what I'm calling dangers to secret sin. So secret sin can cause devastation to you and to the people around you. And so I wish on this spring break weekend, let me just get a look at every single person that's here. And like me, we didn't have the money to go to Florida, I guess, or somewhere warm. But I'm telling you right now, this isn't a great message. I warn you up front because 
It's a message that we need, but we don't want. And so we've been talking about, look at the message titles as we've been walking through the characteristics of a growing faith. It's like sincere faith. We talked about that last week. If you look, it's united faith. Hey man, let's all be together. It's obedient faith. Come on, let's take a step in the right direction. It's dynamic faith. It's courageous faith. Well, all those go out the window if we don't have this. Purified faith. So I'm thankful for all those that are joining us online. We got a big passage and a lot of work ahead of us. This is a necessary message. And the truth of the matter is, I'm telling you, some pastors, they'd be walking through the book of Joshua. They don't stop in chapter seven. This isn't a great one, but it's a necessary one. So I'm gonna give you five warnings of secret sin. And so, Father, I pray for your word to hit our hearts, to cause us to respond. And, Lord, would you dig up the things that are needed so that we could walk with you in a way that wouldn't hinder the people around us, that would help us to experience the blessings that you want us to walk in, just like the people here. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. Well, the first warning, we're gonna put it right up on the board. If you're a note taker, you can see the passages on 34 and 35. So we're gonna flip back and forth, but there's a place for you to take notes. So go ahead and just write down this, that the first danger is secret sin grieves God's heart. And so there's a lot of scripture. We're not gonna read it all, but I'm gonna point it out. We'll put some up on the screen so you can go back and forth. Well, what exactly was the secret sin that grieved God hard? I don't wanna grieve God. Well, what was it? Well, it's found right in verse one. And underline it in your books, I did for mine. It says the people of Israel broke faith. That's it. I mean, that's the common denominator of all sin. That, that we break faith, that there's a covenant we have with him. He wants us to do something. He believes in us. He's created us to be, and we don't do it. it he, we broke faith. And, and so what specifically? Well, in regard to the devoted things. Well, we'll come back to that, but, but who done it? Who's the culprit? Well, it says right here, it was Achan. And then in your text, you can see it gives his heritage and his litany, and it talks about the tribe he was from and all this. And okay, not many jokes coming today. This is one of them, so don't miss it. Achan came from a long spiritual heritage, and he's the one that took the devoted things. Gotta watch out for those church kids. But in all seriousness, what... What exactly did he do? I mean, was he smoking in the parking lot? Did, did he say he was going to youth group and he didn't show up? Did, did, he, did he grab one of the guides and put it on the kitchen table? And, and this is what I used to do when I used to go to church. I'd go to Saturday evening service. I'd get the bulletin and then I'd put it on the table, but I didn't stay for it. But what did he do? This is extremely important. The devoted things, I would say there's three things to it. First, God told him not to do something and he violated it. So this goes back to what we studied last week. And so they took Jericho 
And he said, don't take the spoil. Don't take the gold and the silver and the bronze. And he wanted what? Them to enjoy all of it. That'll come back at us. He wanted to distribute it for the whole of the people of Israel. But Achan took what God said not to take. Second thing I think is I think about devoted things. And so this one may or may not be in, but I'm sure Achan was guilty of it at some point. Is God's word says, write down James chapter four, verse 17. That says he or she who knows the right thing to do, but fails to do it, to them it is sin. So catch this, the devoted things isn't just that I don't do what God I violate what he says to do, but, but when he doesn't say it, but I know it's the right thing, and it may not necessarily be a wrong thing, whether it's a compliment or it's some encouragement, it, I don't do it. it it's sin. But, but, but why did everybody, I mean, what, what, why does it say that they all had to suffer. The anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. I mean, come on now, it was just Achan. That's a really good question. And, and the reason is because in chapter six, God said that he gave this command to everyone and, and just because one person violated it, everyone would suffer. Anybody ever been on an athletic team and that one kid is always late to practice? And then the coach makes the whole team run? It, it ain't fair. That, that's what's going on. So there's some things, the voted things, that we just break God's law and we do what he tells us not to do. There's other things that we, we, we don't do what we know we should do. And, and so that's the devoted things. And then the third thing, It may be a stretch, but the truth of the matter is, look at what Achan did. These were supposed to be used to benefit everyone, to expand the kingdom. And he used it and took it for himself. So what was supposed to be the benefit of all people, he selfishly used it for himself. Isn't that interesting when we're in a generosity initiative? that your lack of generosity and your selfishness with your time and your talent and your treasure, that when you hoard it for yourself and building your small K kingdom as a result of God's capital K kingdom, thanks for all those joining us on vacation, that you're actually robbing God. Malachi chapter four. Again, I don't want to push it too far. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that's what's going on. And I think the truth is, I've been doing this long enough, I've seen some people prostitute the gifts that God has given them, their time, their talents, and their treasure for their own kingdom and not the kingdom. And I think it grieves God's heart. And so I don't know where you're at on that spectrum. Because we fool ourselves. And hey, next week's commitment week. You already heard, hey, those who haven't gotten on board, come on. We've been talking about it so great. It's like, hey, I've been using the illustration. It's like a train. The train left the station. Isn't that so cute? And the train is left, but the train is stopping. 
And so some new people were so thankful, we got a seat for you. Some people who didn't want to get on board, we got a seat for you. Some people who've been on board, hey, maybe, maybe the Lord's leading you to do some more. We're just trying to grow the kingdom, man. And so here we see a guy who stole from God by taking what was to be used for everyone to use it for himself. I'll let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Like, like just don't do that. I remember when, um, I remember we did a generosity initiative like this. It was years ago. There's some people in here that will know the story that I'm saying. And so when you spend 23 years in the same church like I have, I'm just telling you, you got some stories, but most of you won't know anybody that I'm talking about, so it's okay. <laughs> but I remember standing up with passion and talking about an initiative we were gonna do in a third world country. Some of you were here for this. And, and I remember this, and the reason we did it was it was this third world country that I had been to, and we had started some things, and we had a heart, I had a passion for it. Many people did. And, and, and there was a guy in our church, it's unbelievable, he's sitting in the back, and he writes on the register, that's where we used to use paper, now we use our phones to pray. Please give us your prayer request, extremely important, I don't know. Paper, we, you know, we got the paper one. Anybody like using the paper one? Just give me a hand raise, we'll do a little vote. Just put, put your hand up. Okay, we're, we're gonna do a vote next time. <laughs> but, but, but the paper is just, you know, sometimes, and, and so we got it, and we couldn't believe it. This guy, like he had a ministry there. He was like a, almost like a pastor there. And he was reaching, he was a, a national. He was from that country. And he's like, hey, let's partner. And so we literally, we pulled this guy to the business world and, and, and we sent him to training. We trained him as a pastor. We invested resources in him and all this. And we were gonna do this big initiative. We had the posters all over like, yeah. And I'll never forget, I was in Toledo, Ohio, sleeping on the couch of my mother-in-law's house. It was 3 a.m., I was sleeping on the couch. It wasn't because Jody kicked me out on the couch. <laughs> and I got a text from her, and it was pictures of him with another family. And in this other country, he had another wife and another kids and another family, and one here. That kind of curtailed the initiative. And I don't feel bad saying it. We stood them up in front of everyone. We had to in terms of our membership because everybody knew. And, and this was about church discipline. Yep, do that. I, I mean, it, it stopped everything. Now, now, it didn't stop what God wanted to do because he still went and did some stuff there. It just stopped this guy from being involved. And it stopped us from enjoying the blessing of doing it together. So God's gonna do what he's gonna do. And we were able to finish the story and tie the loop. We were able to do some things. We just couldn't do everything we wanted to do. And then sometimes we do initiatives like this and everybody's like, oh, big vision, stepped out. How come you didn't do everything? Well, there's a reason. And secret sin grieves God's heart. Speaking truth today? Yes. Second thing, I mean, right from the text, like secret sin, and you gotta understand this, I, I wrestled with the wording. It halts God's power, not in the world, in you. 
And the hard part of this story is if you read the, in us, you're, you're a sin. And, and so, so look at what happens next because Joshua, he's clueless. They had just taken Jericho. And I say taken, they didn't have to do anything. They just walked around the place and the building fell down. I remember when we walked around this building when we were praying that we would have it and we were walking and walking and I'm just praying, Lord, don't have it fall down, please. <laughs> but we want it. And, and, and so what does he do? He's like, okay, AI is the next place. And that's what God wants us to do. And so, so he sends 3,000 men up there. They're thinking this is gonna be the same game plan. And, and look what happens. The, the men of Ai, they killed 36 of them and chased them out of the gate. I, I mean, and what's Joshua do? He's the leader. I mean, put your, it's lonely when you're the leader. You know that as a business person. It's lonely as a pastor, as a leader. And, and he's just like, what, what just happened? Like, why did this go down like this? Like, he has no idea. And so what does it say he does? He tore his clothes. He fell on the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord. That's the double click. Remember, that's the presence of God. And he didn't do it for five minutes. He didn't do it for 10 minutes until evening. He's like on prostrated before the Lord. And then him and the other leaders, I love it, man. We're in it together. And they put dust on their head. And so these are all symbols of Lament. Lament, let me give you this definition. We've used it before. Lament is how we worship God when we're asking the question, why? Why, God? Why did this go down like this? Why, God, did this happen in my family? Why, God, did this happen in my workplace? Why, God, did, did I lose this? Why, God, did the church, I mean, we were going in such a good direction, and, and God, we were moving, and, and we were celebrating, and, and then I, why? I just was over at Wheaton, and I used this example, and it hit home to the 830 group, because those are all the ones that were from First Baptist, the church that merged with us. And I just said, hey, I remember when we planted 20 years ago, and I remember the story here, and I remember when the pastor, who will remain nameless, left you guys, adopted some doctrine differently, tried to change you, and you had to run him out. And it killed the church. After the church was going in such a great, why God? Like, why does this happen? Lament is how we worship when we're asking why. And some of us, we think, well, we can't ask why. We, the good Christian. I, well, no, don't ever ask why. No, you know what? God's got some big shoulders, man. Just beat on him, please. He wants you to be honest. And so let's, we're Bible church. I, I have to remind us of that. Please, those joining us, if you want to come by, that's who we are. And so we want to look and walk through the scriptures. Amen. And, and we want to see what the Lord says. So here we see how to lament. Look at what Joshua does. Let's le learn from him. Joshua does this. He asks three questions that I would suggest to you are good questions when you don't know why. God, why are you punishing me? I mean, I just love the brutal honesty. And it's right here in the text. Look what Joshua said. He says, Lord, God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan to give us in the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? 
Like, I thought we're doing what you said. Like, I'm obeying your word. And, and now this. God, God, why are you punishing me when I've been working so hard for you? God, why are you punishing me when I, I'm just trying to take the steps you want? Second question. God, God, why are you abandoning me? And isn't it true, sometimes it feels like God is so far in the midst of loss and pain and difficult. And again, he, you just gotta verbalize it. Look what, look what he says. For the Canaanites and the inhabitants of the land, well, they're gonna hear about how you just left us there and then we died and, and they're gonna surround us and they're gonna cut our name off from the earth. Like they're gonna take us now. God, God why, why are you banning us in the midst of the most difficult time? Third question. Helpful? God, God, why are you rejecting me? I mean, just, just be honest. And this one takes a little understanding. Look what he says. And what will you do for your great name? I.e., double click. Hey, you're going to do it, man. God, you're going to move forward. It doesn't depend on you. You ain't that special. I'm not either. And God's going to move forward with this plan. And he's making his name great. But God, you're, you're not going to use us? You're not going to take us? You're going to do it without us? That, that, that's what secret sin does. It, it separates you from what God wants to accomplish. And here the thing about it is it's not even Joshua's. Some of you have heard me share the story. I, I got so many new people, sometimes I just want to tell some things that I've said before. Um, my, my sister, um, you know, so many good men and women. You remember um, when the Twin Towers went down? And I mean, there was just a, a national, like, you know, and so many men and women for, for good reasons that, yeah, we know more now, that, but they got involved and they, they went and served and they're like, we're for freedom. And they lost their lives. My a nephew went to Iraq. And um, that was it, man. He's like, you know, he's 22 years old. I led him to the Lord when he was like 12. And he's like, Uncle Ron, I gotta go, man. And um, he was shot in the back of the head and killed in Iraq. And the worst part about it, it wasn't the enemy. It was two guys in his troop that brutally murdered him in Iraq. My sister to this day, I mean, it wrecked her. Like, like the military, they didn't tell her why, they just gave her a few examples. No, it, there were gangs from LA that came in at that time in the service and, and they were trying to, I mean, you lose a kid like, I don't think you ever recover. Why, God? Why? And isn't it true that our Savior suffered a brutal torture and gave his life? And he even was on the cross wondering why. 
It's okay to lament. And so maybe that happened, and I don't know, and we don't always get the answers. And, but draw near to the Lord, and he will draw near to you. Third, I don't know, we're calling it danger. Secret sin hinders God's presence. So get ready for this. I mean, buckle up, hold on to your hats. Like, I can't even believe what I'm going to show you right now. A cursory read, get through and look at the text. I, I put it in yellow. I mean, it's like underline it in your books. It's like, so God says, I will be with you no more. What? Did, did I read that right? I mean, pastor, you must have got that wrong. I mean, the Bible says, I will never leave you and forsake you. That's what the Lord says. Pastor, you, you don't know. What? 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 That, that's what our secret sin does. Really? Yeah. That's why we lament over our sin and over other people's sin. Do you know the book of Psalms is 40% lament? Do you know Lamentations is 100% lament? <laughs> I will be with you no more. Now, Elvis didn't leave the building. God did. That's the gravity of this passage. Unless you've you got to destroy the devoted thing. You've got to do what I want. You've got to do what you know is right. You've got you to expand my kingdom. That, that's the devoted thing. And, and so what do we do? Again, I, just, I keep saying it, but I just feel like we just got to realign. We've, you know, churches have drifted over, you know, since 2020. I just got to realign us and just say, we ain't drifting. And, and so the answers are right here. So you got to sometimes, you got to work to get it. So roll up your sleeves with me and let me give you the five steps to restoring intimacy with God. This is what about our church. This could be a whole message in itself. Look at the text with me. Here's five steps. The first one is this. Wake up. I mean, that's what the Lord said to Joshua. Get up. Hey, why have you fallen on your face? Remember, he's lamenting. He's like, okay, time is up now. Let's go. We got to wake up when it comes to this topic. And secondly, listen up. And so now this is the first time that Joshua understands what's going on. God says to him, Israel has sinned. He didn't say Achan. Boy, that's interesting. Israel did. I'm holding them all responsible. You know better. I, I told you. And then look what he says. They've transgressed my covenant that I have commanded them. That word sin there, if we double click on it, that's um, similar to the word that's used in the New Testament. It means to miss the mark. It's like an arrow. You've probably heard people teach this that misses the mark. The, the, the transgression is a different word. You've transgressed my covenant. It literally means that you've crossed the line. 
So, 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 so listen up, we've, we've missed the mark and we've crossed the line. And so what do we do? Well, again, let's just follow the text. The third thing is that you would look up. And so this isn't a problem you can solve on your own. You're not gonna be able to go get the land that I want to give you and walk into the blessing that God wants for you, for your family, for the people of God. Look what he says. Therefore, the people of Israel, they can't stand before their enemy. Think about that for a moment. Secret sin is preventing you from moving forward. Secret sin is causing God to halt his power. Secret sin is hindering God's presence. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're looking at something you shouldn't. It's so easy now. Maybe you're, you're going someplace that you know you shouldn't. Maybe you're doing something, taking something that you shouldn't. Maybe you know the right thing to do and you're not doing it. Like, we just need God's help, man. Anybody with me? And, and then look what happens next. Fourth thing, fess up. So that's the word consecrate. He uses it twice, consecrate. It's this idea, I, I, I gotta become holy. How do we become holy? Well, we gotta fess up and, and with God. And then lastly, just walking through the test, verse 15, gotta clean up, man. And why? Because look what it says. He has transgressed the covenant of the Lord because he's done an outrageous thing in Israel. What? This sin. And, and look at the consequences. That, that, that he shall be burned with fire. Hey, there's always consequences with sin. I mean, here are his consequences. They took him down. That's what a failure to deal with this topic does. So, so here's the steps right from the top. We all have secret sin. I got it. I've been hiding it from you for, for the message. I, I have it. I got it on me. But what do you mean? I got it right here. I like to hide it. Well, got it. Kind of tuck it away. And we kind of leave it there and think nobody can see it. And the interesting thing is, maybe nobody doesn't know exactly what it is, but they can tell there's something wrong. And so we, we hide it. And so what we got, we just got to get it out on the table. And no matter how difficult it is, that's how we do it. We just got to get it out and we got to say we all got it and we're just, let's stop hiding it. Let's stop saying that I can get over it. Let's stop saying it. No, it's not a big deal. Let's get it out in the open and in the light. And, and, and that, that's the way to deal with it. Such an encouraging message today. It really is. Because this is prohibiting some of us, all of us, in some degree, from experiencing the whole of what God wants. Next, we're talking about what it does. Well, 
two more things. Secret sin, it it damages meaningful relationships. And, And so that's what this does. Meaningful relationships with other people. That, that this causes difficulty. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm telling you, Jody and I are so excited. We got two more weeks. How many grandparents out there? Give me a hand raise. Good, I'm identifying with you. Two more weeks, and our daughter in, is going to have a baby. And so Jody's all excited. Her bags are already packed. Aaron's aren't, but my wife's are. And so I'm, we're so excited. But you know what? If I don't deal with this, do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says it's not only going to hurt me and my immediate family and our church, but the Bible says there's something called generational sin, and it's going to hit that little baby, that little girl that's going to be born. Because if we don't break the generational sin, then it's just, the Bible says it gets passed on. And some of us know the effects of what I'm talking about. And we're not blame game. This isn't what I'm saying, but let's just read the scriptures and let's understand it that we need to deal with generational sin so we don't pass it on. Anybody with me? Some of us are struggling with things that didn't get broken. And so this is, it's kind of crazy what happens next because, again, I, don't, I can't read all of it, but if you look through this section of Scripture, what happens is that, so God says, get up in the morning, and he says, walk the people, clan by clan, tribe by tribe, individual household by individual household in front, and then I'm going to reveal who it is. And then so it's like each man. Now, do you think, do you think that God knew who it was? How many agree with me God knew? Yeah, he knew. Then why did he do it like this? Why did he walk everybody by? And, well, because he wanted everybody to know. And so if we don't deal with it, 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 he lets everyone know. And so finally, he says to Achan, he says, you know, Joshua, he's like, he's like, my son, give glory to the Lord. And give praise to him and, and tell us now what you've done. Do not hide it. And then, this is the good part. Achan finally says what it is. And he says, truly I sinned against the Lord. Now what's interesting about that is that it's like David says, against you and only you, God, I have sinned. He's not minimizing the consequence that your sin, my sin, has caused the people directly around us. He's magnifying the reality that it needs to be dealt with here first and foremost to correct this. And there's a lot of people walking around trying to correct this and it hasn't been dealt with here. And, 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 and this is never gonna get corrected for the follower of Christ unless we're doing this. And so it's the vertical versus the horizontal. And so he says, Lord God of Israel, I've sinned against you. And then you can see what he did. He, he says what he took. And then he says, and he says, see, they're hidden on the earth inside my tent. Wow. Sometimes our admission comes too late. 
still get forgiveness. But, but the pain that we cause, because we're just holding this and hiding it and massaging it, it, it can hurt you, it can hurt others, and it can be irreconcilable. So it's just, it's crazy to me how they walk everybody by and they look and I, he admits it. Reminds me when my kids were really small. And so all three girls and Jody likes to put flowers in the front beds. And so she had tulips were coming up and, 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 and somebody just, you know, trampled them all over. And, and so I get the girls to come outside and I say to the girls, okay guys, like you know your mom loves these flowers and, and somebody, something happened here, so who done it? I don't know, all three. Well, I'm sorry to say that I kind of thought that's my, what you said. I thought that's what you would say. So I want to let you know that this morning there was a forensic team that came out. And what they did was is they examined the dirt and they took a look at the tulip leaves that are the petals that are on the ground. It looked like they were taking some fingerprints. And then they asked me, they said, can you please go and get everyone's shoe in the house? And they measured them all and I looked at them and and, and they said that the results of this are going to come back this afternoon. And so it would behoove you. Dad, what's behoove mean? It'll be really good. If you tell me before I get the results back, I will not tell you which daughter it was. I want to protect the guilty. But, but isn't it true that, that, that we all make mistakes and we all have sin and, and, and we, need, we need to just get it out on the table? So here's a quote. I think it'll be helpful. It's an old school quote from um, a, Puritan, a Puritan preacher. He says, take heed of secret sins. He says, they will undo you if loved and maintained. One moth may spoil the garment. One leak drown the ship. A pocket knife will stab and kill a man as well as a sword. So one sin may damn the soul. No, there's more danger of a secret sin causing the miscarrying of the soul than open profaneness. Because not so obvious to the reproves of the world, therefore take heed that secret sinning, eat not out what good beginnings. Think about this. He's saying this is worse than than just open sin. I I tell you, I I don't know as a parent right now, like, you know, my kids, our kids, like, like we, you know, they all played athletics and I just can't tell you what I would do if my daughter was high jumping and then another person came or, or they were playing basketball and, and they worked so hard. And then, and then a girl who is said, she's a, who was a, 
and, and then they took the gold medal away from them, I think I may become unhinged. That that's what's happening in our world. But you know what this is saying? You better dial that righteous anger back a few notches. And you better deal with this. Because you can't expect, why are we so surprised? We can't expect regenerate behavior from unregenerated hearts. And yes, we live in a world that's sin-stained. And what he's saying is, expect it. Just deal with this, man. And, and I think our voice is going to be louder, isn't it? If we just deal with this. So lastly, I'll call the worship team up. We're thankful for uh, Seth being with us. Let's thank the Lord for him for coming out today and he's part of our church family. And... Uh, Secret sin destroys us. I mean, purposefully and, and painfully. And so Seth and Bethany and our team, they're gonna lead us. And, and, and so, you know, I mean, I think you know where this is going. I mean, it, it's, it's, we got communion. And so, you know, we're just going to deal with it for, for as long as we need to. But, but how? Well, you can read the verses and see that the pain that it caused him and his family, and there's always consequences. Sometimes they're eternal for secret sin. Don't let it be you. But, but let's go to the Bible and, and let's, like, what should we do? Well, let me give you three things that we need to do. And so we'll put them up on the screen. See, a message like this, secret sin, it, it needs to be revealed, not concealed. And so that's what we gotta do. And so we gotta do the hard work. I wish I had a bunch of shovels that I would say, to give you a shovel to dig under your tent. Dig under the tent of your family because it's hindering what God wants to accomplish. And so that's what it says in 1 John chapter 1. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Oh, I don't have that. This message is in for me. No, no, the sin, the capital S, is the sin nature that all of us have that we can't fight against this. Can I remind you of Adam? One man sinned and we all sin. And we all fall short of the glory of God. So first thing is when you take this is recognize that I'm stained. And I'm not as good as I think I am. And the whole world, everybody says, oh, you're good, and you're this, and love yourself. Hey, you ain't that good. Genesis chapter three. And then secondly, as you grab the cup and take it back to your seat, secret sin needs to be confessed, not just caught. I can remember that's what happened with the president of ours. Just got caught. Just kind of thought that would be funny, but I guess not. <laughs> Too convicting that sometimes it isn't about just getting caught, that, that we would confess. And so what I'm asking is not just the sin nature, but specifically as you hold the elements in your hand before you take them individually, that, that you would just 
identify, dig up the secret sin. And it says, if we confess our sins, the ones that are right on your mind, he is faithful, Jesus is, to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness, amen? And then lastly, secret sin needs to be conquered, not continue. I mean, this is the hope. Like that thing that you're hiding, it can be conquered, amen? And it can be conquered through Christ. And that's why I love 1 John 2. You just walk through and it says, my little children, I'm writing these things that, if, that you may not sin. Like stop, you may not, you don't have to. God's gonna give you the strength and the power to have victory. He can break the chains, you can't. But then I love this man. But he says, but if you do, if you go back, I just got you, you need to know there's an advocate who paid the price. And, and it's Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And so we're going to do it different. I'm going to put this on the screen. I want you to grab a Bible. There's some around you in a seat, maybe on your phone. And I want you to, to read. Let's put the next. I want you to read 1 Corinthians 11. And so let's just not haphazardly and flippantly do this. Read. We'll keep the lights up, please. Let's read 1 Corinthians 11. And you'll see the verses there. There's the pages on. If you grab a Bible from there, you could look it up on your phone. And, 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 and this is kind of a difficult passage a little bit. Paul's talking about communion. He's talking about remembering. He's talking about reflecting. The people were eating it in a dishonoring way. They were eating it for a meal. This isn't a meal. And, 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 and they were doing it disrespectfully and taking it lightly. And so Paul rebukes them. But then he just says these words and they should just jump out. Examine yourself, man. Examine. And then this is what I love about our church. You're mature enough. Just when you're ready, just after you've read God's word and it's soaked your heart, then respond as you feel that. Lord, be with us. Lord, lead us. Lord, guide us.